in the song Silent Night, there's these lines, sleep and heavenly peace. You know those lines to the song? It's actually two times a refrain there. Uh, and don't you think that heavenly peace is more reassuring than sleep and earthly peace? Have you ever thought about that? Heavenly peace, not earthly peace. There is a difference, and I want to talk just for a couple of minutes about heavenly peace, because it's definitely not the same as earthly. Uh, the oldest, doc the oldest um, documented peace treaty in the world is nearly 3,300 years old. Uh, it's between the ancient Egyptian and Hittite empires. A copy of the treaty uh, can be found at the United Nations building. It sits there. A copy of it uh, is, is there, and you can take a look at it. Uh, both those nations, by the way, are mentioned in the biblical record, which is interesting because for years people disputed that the Hittites even existed until archaeological uh, digs proved that not only did the Hittite empire exist, but exactly as the Bible said it did. And so today that document sits there uh, in New York. Um, but since that time, many different nations, many different treaties since, since antiquity have come and gone. And the peace has come and gone as well. With all these different treaties and different nations and different empires, it's been kind of like a, a, con a virtual conveyor belt of conflicts and wars resulting uh, from well-intentioned peace accords. But it's not just nations and sovereign states that are looking for peace. Uh, the desire for peace can be seen all around us. It's why vacation destinations, you see the commercials, why vacation destinations are marked with language like peaceful and serene. You ever seen that? Real estate agents, they like to use this term. Your house will be in a peaceful neighborhood, even if it's not true. Right? Investment insurance companies, they market their products and services with this tagline, peace of mind solutions. Certain uh, judicial bench and magistrate roles use the title justice of the peace. Legal codes and terminology for most law enforcement around the country, actually, if you look it up, it, it'll say peace officers in most jurisdictions. On a global level, people that have done noteworthy things to promote peace and harmony are awarded Nobel Peace Prizes. Authors and columnists, they write about peace. Politicians, they explain how they're going to bring about peace. Musicians sing about peace. Religions, oh, religions that are no longer with us, past, present, they have paths and philosophies of peace. Type peace into your app store, just on your phone, just type in peace in the app store, and you will get a list of peace and harmony type things for everything from, oh, peaceful music, peaceful games, peaceful exercises, all to calm the mind and give inner peace. There's so many forms of addictions and substance abuse, which are really people longing for peace. Far too many veterans in our country have fought for peace and are still desperate to find it personally. Mental health issues are skyrocketing in all ages, cutting across a wide range of socioeconomic demographics. 
here in the Christmas season, many families in many different places, they're hoping that there will at least be some peace for the holidays, at least for a couple of days. Far too often, strife and conflict is the norm in many homes. You see, the search for peace is worldwide. Among nations, within societies, within families, but more than anything else, it's a personal search that people have for peace. It's a personal longing. But the search for peace, it isn't found in a peace accord. It's not found in insurance policy. It's not in a place or an escape. It's not in a product. It's not in a philosophy. No, it's found in a person, and it's found in a relationship. Not any person, one person. And that person is 100% God and 100% man. Not 50-50, 100-100. The only person who ever walked the earth and entered it sinless and left it sinless and alive. Jesus, born in Bethlehem, raised in Galilee, died and rose again in Jerusalem. If you look to the screen here, Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. You're probably familiar with this passage. Unto us is born, unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. This person, this child that entered... 2,000 years ago into the world is like no other. The wise men for the East, they were wise because they were searching for the one sent by God, not because they were intellectually wise. They were wise to search for this child. Now, he arrived as a helpless baby, not in his glory. He came and, hu and, came and put on human flesh, for this was the means of bringing humanity Salvation. Now, but to understand the breadth of his name and his authority, you think about wonderful. It means indescribable. You can't describe Jesus. Not in terms that if he wanted to put it out there in, in all of his glory, you couldn't describe it. Counselor. Everybody needs wisdom. Everybody needs advice. But nobody has wisdom like this one sent from the Lord, Counselor, Mighty God. Now, this, na this name, Mighty God, we see a synonym of it when Jesus comes into the earth because he'll be called Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. So the name Mighty God was pointing to Emmanuel, and Jesus would later say in his earthly ministry uh, about the next name, Earthly Father, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And lastly, Prince of Peace. This specific name is our focus here for just a couple of minutes this evening. The very essence of true peace is in his name. Prince of Peace. It's one of the names of Jesus. And three times in this short passage, three times we see the word peace. God doesn't want us to miss this life-changing truth. Jesus is the authority over peace. 
The same way he sits and presides over the universe, peace is under his authority. Just like this carpet is under my feet and under your feet, peace is under his. He holds peace in his hands. In fact, peace can only be received from his nail-pierced hands. Any other peace is an imitation, and it will fade away eventually. And notice that his names, his titles, and these are just a few that Isaiah the prophet lists. There's many more names of Jesus. His power, his authority, his glory, and the hope found in him, they're bracketed. You might notice here, they're bracketed by a promise to rectify issues with government. Government is at the front. Government is at the bottom. The fact is, did you know that worldwide, right now in 2018, there is a growing distrust and agitation and animosity and anger and frustration and cynicism among people and their governments around the world? It's not just in the United States. You say, well, I just think it's here. No. You will see it's happening in South America. It's happening in Europe. It's happening in Africa. It's happening in the Middle East. It's happening in Southeast Asia. Now, it's not new. Strife and people with issues with their government is not a new thing. But according to scriptures, what, what I want you to understand is the way biblical prophecy works, things move in cycles. Those of you that have studied uh, uh, financial kind of history or Wall Street, you know that things move in cycles in that way. Well, in biblical prophecy, things move in cycles like this. But the circles interconnect, and they build to a crescendo. And the crescendo Jesus taught about, even his earthly ministry, he said, that's coming. And that's why the governments will someday need to be on his shoulders, because the governments of the world will someday collapse under the weight of no peace. But regardless of exactly where we're at in history, and I'm not here to tell you exactly where we're at, I can give you some clues, but exactly where we're at, only the Lord knows. But no matter how exactly where we fit in human history or how settled or unsettled things may be right now, peace remains elusive. Peace, apart from Jesus Christ, remains just out of reach. And that was the case when Jesus came down on that cold Bethlehem night. It's why the angels proclaim the very heart of Isaiah 9 on that night in the sky when they said, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. God was sending a savior. He was sending a mediator of peace that would be found lying in a manger. That is not where you would expect to find the mediator of peace in an animal trough. Indeed, that's where he would first be found, but that's not where he would stay. Thank the Lord he didn't stay there. Amen? It was the starting point of his mission. Now, Satan and Herod, they wanted Bethlehem to be a quick and decisive end to Jesus, but that wasn't going to happen because Jesus came for a 33-year mission that he was going to finish, and he was going to bring light, and he was going to bring peace through his life. And ultimately, through his risen life, the birth was necessary, but the risen life would have to be just as necessary. It's why his earthly relative, you guys have heard of John the Baptist? The Bible never calls him John the Baptist, by the way. 
you can call him John the Methodist, John the Presbyterian, whatever you want to call him. But he, he's never called John the Baptist. But he did do a lot of baptizing. So a more biblically accurate name, you can call him John the Baptizer, because that would be true. But he had an, a, John had a father who was a priest. John was from the tribe of Levi. And so John's father was named Zechariah, a relative of Jesus through Mary. Of course, Jesus had no earthly father. But uh, he said Zechariah had a had a prayer and a prophetic proclamation. And in that, in Luke chapter 1, verse 78, 80, he says, Through the tender mercy of God, from which the day spring on high has visited to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of what? Peace. Do you sense a theme from the Lord? It doesn't matter if we read the Old Testament or the New Testament. We could see it again and again and again. It's the mercy of God by the sending of Jesus and his victory over sin. When you see darkness in the Bible in this reference, it's a metaphor for sin and corruption that we were all born in, that kind of darkness where unless God bursts through with light, there is no light. And it also is a metaphor for death. Uh, but Jesus' victory over sin and death and what his death and resurrection did, it gives us a newfound peace with God. That's the peace that Jesus came to bring, was peace with God, and peace with God brings peace in our hearts. This is the heavenly peace we'll be singing of. Sleep in heavenly peace. You can go to bed tonight and put your head on the pillow. If you have peace with God, you have peace through Jesus, and you can have heavenly peace. That's personal peace. Each and every person has to personally believe in the Prince of Peace, who he is, who he says he is, who he says we are. And then when we believe that and put our trust in that, we receive his peace into our hearts. The shepherds and the wise men, they believed. They believed enough that they went and found him personally. They didn't take someone else's account of it. They went and found him personally. The peace of God, it had already come down but it's by faith that they had to believe. And the peace of God has already come down well before you and I were born. But it's by faith that we enter into that peace. And Jesus made this clear when he would actually minister to people the gospel and telling them how they could be born again. He said to this woman here, he says, Your faith has made... Your faith, I'm sorry, your faith has saved you. Then he gives these words, Go in peace. Why? Because once she had saving faith, once she believed on the witness of Jesus, believed on him for salvation, he says, now you have peace with God. This is the peace I came to bring. Amen? That's what the angels were saying. That's why they were saying, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, that this ruler, this Savior is going to come, and he's going to offer peace, terms of peace to every single soul that has ever and will ever live, regardless of all the other things that are going on in the world. Jesus said, I'll give personal peace to an individual. Now, I didn't coin the phrase, and you've probably seen it, but it's still true. If there's no Jesus, there is no peace. But when we know here, the heart connects the mind. The mind has to ponder it. The heart has to receive it. But when we know Jesus, we know him in our hearts, we'll know peace. We really will. Amen? The peace of God has come down, and that peace of God 
offers forgiveness and eternal life. And I just want to pray with everyone for just a second. We'll close in prayer, and then we're going to sing Silent Night together. But um, even, if you're, even if you know the Lord, even if you're saved, even if you say here, uh, I've been saved since 1995. I gave my heart and life, Lord, 1995. But since then, I have had moments where I lack peace. Am I alone in this room? No, even if you know the Lord, you can have moments where you lack peace. And so knowing Jesus now, once you're saved, you have peace with God. But you still can be rattled by things in life and things around you. And that kind of peace that plows through those things, that actually allows us to be still and know that I am God, as the Psalms say, is when we kind of say, Lord, I know you, but I need to know you more. Amen? So even those of us who know the Lord, maybe you're here and say, oh, I'm not religious. I don't, I don't even believe any of this kind of stuff. I'm an atheist. I'm the, you know, I, I've talked to people of every different background, faith, non-faith you can think of. Um, their non-belief doesn't impact my knowing for a certain that I'll meet God face to face and I'll meet him and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But not because of anything good I've done, but because I believed on his salvation, his blood his death, his resurrection. But that peace, God wants to give us that peace, but then he wants to have us grow in that peace. So I just want us to bow our heads for just a moment. I'm going to pray, and, and then we're going to sing Silent Night together. But if you came here tonight and said, hey, I thought I was just going to laugh at the kids, and hopefully you did, and get a lot of good pictures, and hopefully you did. But if you, you say, I don't know Jesus personally as my Lord and Savior, but I'd, I'd like to pray as you, we bow our heads. You just raise your hand. I'll I'll lead you in a prayer. There's nothing great about me leading you in a prayer. What is great is when the Holy Spirit speaks to a heart and says, come. The whole reason I came down was to bring peace individually. And so I just, anyone at all, just raise your hand and I'll pray with you. I'll just say a prayer from here. For all of us here tonight, I'm going to say a prayer that and we're going to enter into singing Silent Night. And when you, when you hear those words, sleep in heavenly peace, hopefully it resonates with you that we're talking about something totally different than what the world presents as peace. What the world says, well, if you had this, you'd have peace. If you had this vacation, if you had this, none of those things really provide peace. But the peace of Jesus does. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending your only begotten Son the Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Jesus, we thank you that you not only came and were born in a manger, born in a wooden manger all the way to a wooden cross. And Lord, you, by your love for the world, gave the ultimate sacrifice, Lord, that we could have peace with the Father have peace in our lives, and we can grow in this peace. And Lord, it's my prayer that each and every person here would know you personally as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, even after knowing you, we'd grow in peace because there's a lot of things in life that can rock our world and rob us of peace. And even here tonight, Lord, I pray that you are calming the spirits and minds, Lord, by your scripture alone. If we did nothing else but read a couple of verses, there's more power in your word than a million words said by every person on earth. So Lord, we just thank you that as we sing these words, 
Even as we sing, Lord, may we treasure them even more and know that your heavenly peace has already come and it's free for the taking if we accept it by faith. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.